transform us from the inside out in the powerful name of Jesus. And everyone said, this week, because I'm the pastor, I can do things like this. It was my wife's birthday this week. We celebrated almost all week long. And today, check this out, on Daddy's Day is my daughter's 21st birthday today. How cool is that? 21st birthday. So happy birthday, baby girl. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. I love my girls. How many of you dads love your your girls. That means your wives and all your children and all your girls. And last week, I be, uh, we're in a series called The Authentic Church. And I, I use a scripture that I think is a famous scripture. 3 John 1, 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul Prosperous. Isn't that a pretty positive scripture right there? Prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul prospers. I think that John, probably the oldest Christian on the face of the earth at that moment, wrote that because of two reasons. He was inspired by the Holy Spirit. We know every scripture was inspired by the Spirit of God. There's only one author of the entire Bible. His name is God. There may have been different writers, but there's one author, God the Father. And the other reason why I think he wrote that is is because he knew his father. He knew the characteristics. He knew the love of the father. He knew the power of the father. Uh, I I shared with you last weekend cry zones. Y'all remember cry zones? That there's no cry zones and then there's cry zones. No cry zones is when you cry when you shouldn't cry. And I have no cry zones and... And one no-cry zone is that probably my biggest no-cry zone is when a dad and is talking to his daughter or his son. And it could be at a commercial. It could be at the weirdest awkward time. And for something inside of me, something will click. And I'll just start crying. I'll start crying when nobody else should be crying. Nobody should be crying on the face. That, for some reason, a father's heart toward his kids just it just hits me just the right way. And then you have cry zone where it's cool for you to cry. You, you know what I mean? Uh, even the, the toughest guy can cry during those times. Well, um, I want to tell you a little bit about my dad today. My dad was very, very, very nice and compassionate. He was a Southern man. His name was Billy Ray Owens. That sounds pretty South, don't it? Uh, he drove a 54 Ford, baby blue. Uh, this thing was a tank, 54 Ford. It had, you know, on the column. I thought it was really cool because uh, in the back floorboard, it had big rust holes. You could see the ground. So when we were driving down the road, you'd be in the back seat and you could see the ground underneath you moving, you know what I'm saying? And I thought that was pretty cool as a probably five, six, seven-year-old guy. And um, he was a fiery preacher. And to this day, even though I had only eight years of my life with him, he impacts my life to this day. He impacts my children's life to this day. 
He impacts my wife's life to this day. Why do you say that, J.O.? I say that because fathers matter. Daddy, you matter. Your prayers matter. Your relationship with Jesus matters. Or your no relationship with Jesus matters. Your word life matters. Your words life matters. You coming to church matters. You know coming to church matters. Your attitude matters. How you treat your wife matters. How you talk to your kids matter. Everything that daddies do matter. Come on, high five your, your daddy or somebody near you and say, daddies matter. They are the cornerstone of society and the cornerstone of the church. Daddies matter in a huge way. Mamas are very, very, very important, period. But there's something about a dad who is a spiritual leader. There's something about a dad that gets up and seeks God and knows God and, and leads in the area spiritually in every area of life. Come on, daddies matter. And I want to talk to you about that today, the importance of that. Now, with that being said, there are single moms that are like dads and moms. We've seen some amazing single moms in this church that do phenomenal jobs, sometime maybe working two, three jobs. I, I asked them, I, I told them I was going to pick on them, and they gave me permission. My wife and I got to meet with Josh and Cheryl Sprague. Would you just wave at me here just for a moment? God bless you guys. We were just having lunch the other day, and Josh began to tell me about his mother, single mom how she was a school teacher and how they didn't, I mean, listen, his mom, both of those, these boys' mom, sounds so cool that she is just like a studist, if that's a word. Is that okay? <laughs> She's absolutely amazing. And what really got me, here we are at lunch. How, how many know you're sitting around with a family that it's pretty much a no-cry zone? Yeah. Right? And then Josh told me, he says, on Father's Day, I would send my mom a Father's Day card. Wow. Wow. I'm like, no-cry zone right now, no-cry zone right now. <laughs> I thought, how beautiful that is. So I understand the impact of moms and I understand the impact of single moms and, and I also know and understand the impacts of daddies and fathers today. So I want to talk to you about that even though uh, I, I lost my dad in 73. You know what I did is in 86 I met my heavenly father. And I, I want to talk to you about my Heavenly Father just for a moment because above and beyond Jehovah Jireh, which is the name of God the Father, beyond Jehovah Shalom or Jehovah Shema or Jehovah Nisi or Jehovah Rapha, all the different names of the Father in the Bible, the one that is dearest to me, nearest to my heart, the one that is most enduring to me is God, Abba, Father, that he is my Daddy, that he is my Abba in, in heaven. God the Father should be the first 
and the most powerful and the most important relationship in your life. Amen. I don't care how old you are, what your background is, it should be for first, foremost, and the most, most important uh, relationship in your life. Jesus, because of Jesus, we are now redeemed, bought back, we're reconciled, we are righteous. We can go before the Father. We can come boldly before the throne of grace. Why? Because of Jesus, I'm made righteous. I'm righteous before God. That means, listen to this, I have the right to call him my Abba, my Father, my daddy in heaven and that's only because of what jesus has done and god opens wide his arms to us in his love listen to this scripture uh, john first john 3 1 behold what manner of love the father has bestowed on us tell your neighbor right now he's talking to you come on. T -t -t tell another name he's talking to you yeah 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 that we should be called Children of God. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Uh, that, I forgot the words. But I got, the, I got the most important ones down. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. You were made not just to work nine to five. Not just to go to college, not just to retire, but you were made to be in an intimate relationship with God the Father. If you want to know why you are sucking air on earth, it's because God wants to know you. He wants to be intimate with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you to adore him like he adores you. He wants you to know him and, matter of fact, to become like him. I mean, that's why we exist on earth. Jesus is the door to that so that we can, even though he's God Almighty and he's maker and he's the creator, the painter of the skies and maker of the earth and all those powerful, wonderful things, all that God is, that you would know him as your daddy, as your Abba, as your father. In the Old Testament, God as father is only mentioned 15 times. But in the New Testament, just in the Gospels, just in the first four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, it's mentioned 165 times. Why is that so beautiful? Well. To me, it's because Jesus, his favorite term addressing God was Abba, Abba, Father. Disciples, they want to know how to pray. This is how you pray. Our Father, our Abba in heaven, hallowed be your name. See, Abba, our Father, our Daddy, it denotes love and intimacy and honor and family and relationship. Abba is the first word in the Greek. It's so beautiful. So today, dads, I want to let you know this is a great dad. This is a great day, dad. If you don't know God personally, it'd be a great day for you to come in a relationship with him. Maybe you've swayed away from that relationship with God the Father. Today is a, a good day for you to come back in relationship with him. Or for the believer to deepen your relationship with him. So many of us, I think, have a perverted view, that means twisted view of who the Father is. 
And there's walls that impact us. Not because God walls, but because of our walls. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 talks about strongholds, mindsets. Sometimes we have wrong mindsets that impact our relationship with God the Father. Why? Well, I want to share a few, few with you right now. Number one, earthly dad. Earthly dads. I know there's a lot of great earthly dads in this room, but I know there's some that didn't do so well, or maybe they were missing in action. Some that were drill sergeants. Some that were love with a hook. Some that never even said, I love you. I walked out yesterday to go find someone, and this guy grabbed me. He just kind of dove on me, hugged me. I was like, what's going on? Man, my dad never told me that he loved me. And I just began to, God would just begin to heal him in his heart. Maybe it was a dad that was dealing with some type of addictions or verbal abuse or physical abuse, all kinds of different things. Listen, if that happened to you today, I want to let you know something. On behalf of God the Father, I'm so sorry because I want you to know that that's not God. That's not God. That's not God the Father. Listen, he's kind and he's tender and he's slow to anger and he's merciful. He's love and he's peace. And I want to let you know today, I pray that those wrong mindsets of who you think God is would be removed and the truth of who he is would be restored in your life. Another reason I think is parenting. Say that with me, parenting. Parenting. Sometimes I work with parents that are jacked up. I was working with this guy one time, a wonderful, wonderful guy. Now God's done a great work in his heart, but uh, he had in this garage smoking meth and marijuana with his sons. They were really struggling. I began to meet with him, and I'm just a donkey, and I'll tell anybody that, but I just began to meet with him and love him with him, put him through a year of Crider discipleship. In the midst of that year, he got baptized. I remember praying for him in the basement where I was an associate pastor, praying for him, gathered a couple other people. We prayed for him to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I tell you what, the Holy Spirit fell upon that guy. That guy was absolutely empowered and from on high. And his life was changed by the power of prayer and the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He was, bam! Jay, I don't believe that happens. Too late. It already, it already happened. Man, his life changed. It changed the whole family. I don't know if there's a connection with this, but shortly after that, his wife, who had really struggled with her weight, lost 120 pounds. And to this day, I think is still. She is, they're doing great. It's God's restored their family. I tell you what, I think as far as I know, their kids are serving God. All, why? Because of a daddy. Come on, somebody. Because of getting right, it impacted parenting. It impacted the entire family. Those walls, those misconceptions of who God the Father is being removed. Here's another reason. Past pain. Sometimes we deal with pain of the past. I know I did. I know I was thinking I had these thoughts right here. Very, very, very destructive thoughts of, wait a minute, my dad's dead and my mother's dead and my sister now is dead and 
God, why am I here on earth? What, what, what? Very destructive thinking. Those things can be barriers of, that impacts our relationship with who God is. Number four, belief. Say that with me, belief. belief. One of the most, a pastor, Greg, he says this, one of the most powerful things in a person's life is what they believe to be true of God. Let me repeat that. The most powerful, the most powerful thing in a person's life is what they believe to be true about God. What do you believe deep in your guts? Not just here, here, of who God the Father is. Oh, that's so, so important. Number four, no, I'm sorry, number five, everyone say lies. lies. There's another little F father, and he's a liar. And he wants to sow lies in any way to distract you, any way to keep you in bondage any way to absolutely torment you. He doesn't come to play. Hey, I'm a little red devil with little red horns. That's true. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I love Jesus because he, you don't do a few things. You don't spit in the wind. You don't take the mask off the Long Ranger, and you don't mess with Jesus. Jesus never, Jesus never crushed the crushed. He never broke the broken. But I tell you what, you self-righteous, he'll kick your teeth right in. Listen to this scripture. You don't believe me? Here's the word. Listen, listen right here. John 8, 44. You are of your father the devil, bam, forehead, two by four across the forehead, bam. Why does he do that, to be mean? No, he wants to break up a crusty, concrete, rock-solid heart and replace a heart with the heart of flesh to renew your spirit, to rejuvenate. He loves you, but sometimes the only way that you can get a, a hard, rock-hard, solid heart to respond is like EKG, just boom. Okay, we got a heartbeat. You with me? And the desires of your little F, father, you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. Look, for he is a liar and the father of it. The enemy wants to sow lies in your heart. He wants to sow lies. What do you do? You captivate those lies and you replace them with the truth of God. How about religion? How many know that Jesus didn't come to create another religion? That's all, that's all we needed was another religion. He did not need, he didn't come to, he came to bring a revolution. A revolution of having a relationship with God the Father. Come on. Come on. That's why Jesus came. So, so how would religion impact your relationship 
with the Father. I, I think it can in, in lots of different ways. Here's one story. I used to be, Radian and I were youth pastors down in Boise, Capital Christian Center. Matter of fact, we got some friends here from that area today. God bless you guys. Good to have you. And I just got through speaking in a high school, I think, up in the Caldwell, Nampa area. And I was getting on I-84, and there was a park there. And I looked, and in the park, it was like maybe like three or four white vans that caught my attention. But what really caught my attention is that there was Muslims everywhere. And how did I know there were Muslims? It wasn't a guess. It was because they had their robes on and their turbans on, and there were completely like maybe 40, 50 Muslims there. And I'm like, okay. And then I felt like the Holy Spirit say, I want you to go and talk with them. All right. Here we go. Here we go. I pull in. I'm the only non-Muslim there. And uh, it was kind of like a movie. I didn't know what to say, man. I just said, take me to your leader. I did. And I don't even think that probably most of them spoke English, just one guy did. They were from either Iran or Iraq, and they were here traveling America to encourage the Muslim mosques in different cities. I said, take me to the leader. And he took me to the leader. This guy was old, man. And he was setting kind of Indian style in the middle of the park. He had a blue tarp over his lap and over his hands, and he sat there. And I began to talk to him about Jesus Christ and tell him my testimony. Because I wasn't there to debate religion, but I do know the power of a testimony. See, you can debate all day long, but you can't take from me what happened in my own life, man. You can't tell me, because it happened to me, baby. And I began to tell him about Jesus and what Jesus did, and that God was my father. He looked at me as soon as I said, God, the father, blasphemy. I was like, oh, he don't like that. Why? There is no other belief system out there that God is your Abba, your Father. Huh? Man, what a beautiful thing. Religion sometimes can impact your relationship with God the Father. Let me share a few thoughts toward who he really is today. Number one, he's the ultimate promise keeper. How many know that today? Jesus, come on, God doesn't break his promises. Everyone say promise keeper. All the promise keeper movement in the past, praise God, I'm all thumbs. I went to several of them, but I want to let you know every one of those human promise keepers broke their promises, but not God the Father. You know why there's a rainbow in the sky? Because a covenant, a promise. I went to two weddings yesterday. You know what a wedding's all about? It's all about a promise and a covenant established by who? God the Father. Why? Because he's not a promise breaker. He's a promise keeper. Come on, somebody. He's going to keep his promise to you. Number two, you're never going to be alone. I don't care where you're at in life. I don't care if you're struggling with some type of disease or if you're in uh, mile marker 77 on that bike in Iron Man. No matter what you feel like, you are never alone. Never, never, never alone. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Come on. He's with you at all times. Yeah. Yeah. J.O., I got worst fight with my wife. He's there. Got in a fight with my son. He's there. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Number three, 
His love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Because your love never fails. That's not just a cool song. That's the truth. That's the truth. The agape love of the Father. What will separate you from his love? Well, you should just read in Romans 8 sometimes. What will separate? I'm convinced. Paul says, I'm persuaded. Are you persuaded today of his love towards you? Nothing will come between you and the love of God through Jesus Christ. Are you persuaded today? We got a problem, Houston, if you're not persuaded. That's the problem. Are you persuaded? If not, Holy Spirit, please heal me, persuade me. Because you're never going to be freed until you're persuaded. How many of you know he's good? God is good all the time. He's good all the time. He's a, he's a good God. How many of you know that he's a father to the fatherless? I knew him as that, and I know him today as that. All these promises, I want to close today with this. Ten all pro points of fathering. Ten all pro points of fathering. This guy, Mark Merrill, he came up with these ten points, and I thought, wow. I'm, I'm going to kind of make them my own. But he was a linebacker for the Jets and Chicago Bears. He was a linebacker for Denver Broncos. Go Don. He was a linebacker for Green Bay Packers and Buffalo Bills and Los Angeles Raiders. Only problem, he wasn't a linebacker for Steelers, but I forgive him. <laughs> With the Iron Curtain, we probably didn't need him, you know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to have some fun, man. Y'all get all serious. Why so serious? Wow. Number one. I think some of the dads, you might need to take your phone out and make some notes. Write them down on some paper. I'll remember them. No, you won't. Just, just being honest with you. Not unless you've got some kind of supernatural memory. Number one, don't provoke your children. Listen to me real good. Don't provoke your children. I'm going to give you the New King James version, then I'm going to give you the PJOV version. Never read that one before. I'm going to give you a little slice of that today. Here we go. Here's the New King James version. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. J-O, what is the P-J-O-V version? That's Pastor J-O version. And you daddies, don't be a jerk and tick your children off. Is that okay? How do you know about that, J-O? Because I've done it. One day I made a bad mistake. Everyone say bad mistake. Having a conversation with my son, me and my son are the debaters in the family. We just debate. We, we debate. Everybody goes to bed. They're bored of de 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 debating. We're still debating. I don't know why we do that. We're just kind of hard-headed that way. And I looked at my son one day and I says, I'm going to pick your wife. That didn't go well. 
Don't do it, dads. This is America. This is not an Eastern, Eastern country. Don't do it. Don't do it. This is, I'm, just, I'm just saying, man. Get a pulse on the culture. Don't do that. Encourage it. Amen. Don't pick it. All right. And I didn't pick his wife, praise God. And God picked his wife, and you've got a wonderful daughter. And don't do some crazy stuff like I've done. All right. I'm just being real. What's the name of this sermon? Authentic Church, Authentic Dads. Come on, dads. It's 2015. Number two, be your child's first teacher. Preschool is not the first teacher. Kindergarten is not the first teacher. First grade is not the first teacher. Middle school, high school, college is not the first teacher. Listen, parents. Listen, daddy. You're the first teacher. I appreciate my kids got a great education, man. Some went to Whitworth, summa cum laude, Jamie, NIC, honor roll. You, I'm glad all the people that poor, but the first uno, you know, teacher was Radine and I. Now I could only take them so far, you know what I'm saying? But I'm going to lay the word and then I'm going to, I want to teach them how to pray and I, I want to teach them how to honor people and some Southern hospitality and how do you talk to people? And yes, ma'am. And no, ma'am. Come on, somebody. You're the first teacher. You're, hey, don't rely on the government to teach your kids. Don't rely on the educational system to teach your kids. I don't care if it's the best school in the world. First teacher is you. Enough said. Three. Dads need to exemplify a good life. Dads need to exemplify a good life. 2 Corinthians 3, 2 to 3. Just, dads, let this go home in your heart. Listen to this. You are epistles written on our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, manifested by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. Listen, listen, listen. Our life is a letter from God that your kids read every day. Everything you do matters, dads. Let them read an amazing letter. Let them read an amazing letter. Let them catch you seeking God. Let them catch you crying out to God. Let them catch you being weak. Come on, let them catch you uh, reading the word and worship. I think men of the house should be ripping down the walls and worship in this place right here. Yo, it ain't. Come on. Come on. Number four, provide for your family. And this is what I don't mean. Man, my dad was a provider. He worked 12 hours a day and man, he kept a roof on my house, a roof over our house. He kept clothes on me. We have food, but... I never saw my dad. Don't use that as an escape to be away from your children and your wife. Provide in all areas. Not just money, honey. How about providing relationship? That takes time, talk, touch, and treasures. How about counsel? How about just camping? We, we went to Ben Tay's house, Ben Alicia Tay's yesterday before a wedding. And I go, Jamie, have you ever been out here before? She goes, yeah, Daddy, we went camping out here. I go, yes. That's what I'm talking about. Wow. 
camping. Listen to counseling. Spending time. Not just, listen, not just taking care of them with money, but providing in all areas of life. Let me just share with you these last five pro points to daddies. They're going to be behind there. You can go on the website. I'm just going to, I wish I had a little more time. I don't. Number five, good dads discipline their children. Not abuse, but we do discipline. He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Proper discipline. Number six, dads spend time with their children and it's not empty time. Lots of time means lots of relationship. Spending time. Number seven, compassion is a dad's characteristic. Compassion. Psalms 103, verses 11 through 13. You should look these up. They're absolutely profound. Number eight, put your money where your mouth is. Put your money where your mouth is. Not just in your fishing gear. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Not in your hunting gear. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But also in your children. Here's what King James says about this. New King James. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. Now, PJOV is, put your money where your mouth is. Number nine, dads never give up on their kids. I don't care how lost your kid is right now. I don't care how wrong of a path that they're on. I don't care how jacked up they are right now. We never lose hope. We never, ever, ever lose heart. We never give up on our kids. The prodigal father... Hey, he gave the money over. He didn't stop the child. They went out prodigal live, wildlife, partying, blew it all. What was the father doing? Just waiting, <laughs> looking. Number 10, this is a beautiful one. Dads, pray for your children. Say this with me every day. Every day. Every day. Listen to what David does with his son Solomon. Listen to this. First Chronicles 29, 19. And give my son, this is a prayer, Solomon a loyal heart to keep your commandments and your testimonies and your statues. To do all these things and to build the temple for which I have made provision. Listen, daddies. Children who know without any doubt that their dads pray for them every day live with a deep sense of love and security. I don't think there's ever been a day that I haven't prayed for my kids and probably numerous of times a day. Amen.